ADHD has increased 167%. So we know we're doing something wrong. Our kids are literally bombarded with chronic stress, the lack of nature, the lack of exercise, increased stress, and inability to sleep. So that's all contributing then to that it destroys the gut microbiome, and, you know, because of all, all that stress. So yes, you know, nature is super important, super, super important, because we know studies have shown that just getting outside in nature and playing can actually heal our bodies and act, and actually it can lower when you're when you're not doing that when you're not getting in nature it actually leads to you know in, increases the risk of autoimmune diseases asthma food allergies we have activation of the prefrontal cortex like lower activation of the prefrontal cortex so getting in nature really does help de-stress us and boost our immune system restores our brain connections all of that if you have kids out there, you know that parenting can be very difficult and a struggle at times. But supporting your child with holistic health care is perhaps even harder and yet even more rewarding. If you have struggled with supporting your child's health with holistic approaches, don't miss this conversation with Dr. Madiha Saeed. We're going to learn today with Dr. Saeed how to up-level your parenting game and to help your kids get healthier in both body, mind, and spirit. I am Dr. Andrew Wong, co-founder of Capital Integrative Health. This is a podcast dedicated to transforming the consciousness around what it means to be healthy and understanding the root causes of both disease and wellness. Dr. Saeed is a family physician, also known online as the Holistic Mom MD. She is also a mother, international speaker, and best-selling author. We are excited to speak with Dr. Saeed today about a topic I know many of you are interested in, holistic health for children. I have been reading her most recent book, The Holistic Rx for Kids, Parenting Healthy Brains and Bodies in a Changing World. It is fabulous and it's hard to put down this book because I know how much of a difference it can make for children's health. It's gonna be a game changer for you for holistic parenting, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, Dr. Saeed. Thank you so much for coming on today to our podcast. We're so uh, grateful and honored to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, so, so incredibly honored. This is gonna be so much fun. Yay! (laughs) And yes, actually, I do have your book right here. It's an amazing book. Um, So this is called The Holistic Rx for Kids, Parenting Healthy Brains and Bodies in a Changing World. And I think that, you know, I was thinking about this a bit before our podcast today and, you know, meeting, connecting today is that, you know, we all, um, whether or not we have children or not, I have two children myself, Mm -hmm. but, but even for people that are, you know, aunts and uncles and you know, children are the future, right? And we know children that are children are the future. And, um, you know, really when we start early like that, we can really impact their lives and really the future of, you know, the human race here in a, in a really profound way. So this is going to be a game-changing uh, interview. And I think just deep dive discussion, exploration about, you know, what is it to raise kids in a holistic way? So let's kind of start with, um, what is holistic parenting a bit? And, uh, you know, just kind of the basics, what advice would you give to, patient, to parents who are looking to care for their children with a holistic approach? So it's powerful that there's so much that we as parents can actually do to raise mindful, resilient children, no matter what life throws at them. And then I think that's like the ultimate goal as us parents is that we want to make sure that we give the tools 
to the kids and those life skills that no matter what life throws at them, they'll be able to manage it and tolerate it, right? But unfortunately, you know, as a family physician, we were taught, okay, these are the milestones. These are lists what you do to keep your, you know, child safe, but really how to, you know, develop a child's brain, body, behavior. We were never really taught that. Um, and it was sort of just luck of the draw, right? That if you get it, have a good kid, that's the luck of the draw. If you have a kid that's a little troublemaker, it's a luck of the draw. It's just who he is. There's really nothing we can do about it. And that's what I want to really emphasize that there's so much we as parents can do to influence their biology, their DNA, their you know, microbiome, their mitochondria, lowering the inflammation. So just like we are mind, body, soul, our children are mind, body, soul. And holistic parenting really helps to nurture a child's mind, body, soul from the inside out with the skills that they need for emotional intelligence, you know, enduring deep friendships, making the correct decision, you know, managing stress, and all of these things, all so they can then remain resilient all throughout adulthood. So holistic parenting is all about raising a mindful child. And right now, mindfulness is sort of like sidetracked, especially with these gadgets that are like, <laughs> that our kids are just sucked into. We're just all living on that hamster wheel and just going day to day without really truly being mindful. So holistic parenting really helps to raise a mindful child. And we know mindfulness helps us to, you know, see our internal and external world, you know, clearly showing us how best to respond and be fully aware of multiple different levels of perception all at once. So mindful about our emotions and our social lives, our environment, learning to keep it all in balance and recognizing that once that what balance feels like. So just like what we do with our functional medicine patients and what we do with ourselves, recognizing what that balance feels like. And then as soon as it starts to go off balance, recognizing that, and then giving your kids those life skills that they need, you know, digestive health, detoxification, the four S's, stress, sleep, social, spiritual health, incorporate that into their everyday daily routine. So then they get, so as soon as their bodies start to sway a little bit and they can start to feel it, either it's an agitation or maybe there's a rash or maybe they're frustrated, like, you know, they're angry or just irritable, um, they're constipated, whatever it may be, <laughs> they're able to reflect and not be like victimized, but just sort of reflect and be empowered to say, okay, what are my lifestyles out of balance? And what can I do to help put it back into balance? And these are just life skills, just like we teach our kids to brush their teeth and we teach our kids to wash their hands after their bathrooms and or right before they eat. Very similarly, I want, they, I want to teach them how to wake up with gratitude every morning and uh, optimize the, the food that they're put in their bodies and to recognize what's good and what isn't. I mean, the kids are learning really complicated things in school. So these are simple things that we can then teach the kids to incorporate into their daily routine. So then it becomes, you know, sort of secondary, just like when they wake up, they brush their teeth. When they go to bed, they brush their teeth. So very similar to that, to give them these life skills. And we as parents, when we start doing that, our kids start to live more balanced lifestyles. That leads to more of a balanced brain and body, which we know we can dive into that, but it lowers the chronic inflammation and it helps their brain function better. And so they make better decisions. So these kids are actually easier to parent.
so much we can do. Yes. Thank you for that, that great overview. I think just um, reading your book, there's a couple uh, things I wanted to highlight there. Number one, we definitely should have cooking classes in all the schools, you know, <laughs> I think, right? I mean, because it doesn't make sense that they learn all these things about like math and science, which are great, you know, English, mm-hmm. other you know, languages, they're learning about politics and history, really but if they don't know how to things. take care of themselves, right? I mean, we're like the only mammals that probably don't spend time on our health. We spend time yeah. on everything else but not like, you know, peeing and pooping and and sleeping and eating, right? So no, we don't. And our kids, and that's, for some odd reason, I feel like as soon as I start bringing that up, they're like, oh no, our kid is too young for that, you know, but they're old enough to handle everything else, but they are too young enough to, you know, recognize what they're putting in their bodies. We need to give the kids enough credit. Absolutely. And so that's what I've started doing with my own children as teaching them to read ingredients. They know my six-year-old knows what the gut microbiome is and what insulin resistance is and, and you know, all of those simple things. And these are the conversations we as parents could be having on a regular basis. And that really just empowers them into the future. So yes, there's yeah. so much we can teach the kids. I mean, once they cooking. learn it, right. Teaching, teaching, teaching them really how to, how to fish or harvest for themselves, essentially. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Because I know when they go out into the world, you know, you're not going to be there the entire time. So again, these are the life skills we need to teach them. And in my house, for example, the kids know because from the very beginning, so I've had my story was that I, you know, had a lot of chronic health conditions, lupus, Hashimoto's, digestive issues. And as I was learning this approach, I started to implement it into my daily routine. And then I started to talk to the kids about it. And we started looking at ingredients and reading labels. And so I know one time I'm like, mom, that's just a chemical. Why would I want to put that in my body? And that's so we started naming it what it was, a chemical. So these foods are chemicals. So some like some of the foods you know like the artificial ingredients and the red number 40s and all these things they're like mama why do we want to put that in our bodies so in our house we called chemicals like these food-like substances what they were chemicals and now because even if i'm not there the kids are able to read the ingredients and make those educated decisions for themselves because of the fact that whenever we found an ingredient we didn't know we would come back and research it and say oh my god this leads to hyperactivity oh my gosh this 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 like these food colors are derived from petroleum would you want to put that in your would you want to eat that they're like no we don't want to put that (laughs) and so so simple things so this is why yes empowering our kids teaching was when they are out into the world they're able to make those better decisions themselves so that's really really important but to recognize that currently our children's brains and bodies have really been hijacked. So that's where us as a parent will really try, because we know that these imbalanced lives that they're living are actually disconnecting the prefrontal cortex from the amygdala. Prefrontal cortex is responsible for rational decision-making. It looks at the entire entire you know, situation and makes your rational decision while the amygdala is a fight and flight type of decision-making. And you need both of these pieces to work appropriately to make a correct decision. So you need them both to work together to make a correct decision. But unfortunately, because our kids are living imbalanced lifestyle and because we're not teaching them the skills like cooking and things like that, they're getting fast food, they're getting junk, they have no idea what they're putting in their bodies. They're not learning about 
you know, sleep and stress and nature and all of, and, you know, gratitude. Unfortunately, it's leading to these imbalanced lifestyles leading to chronic inflammation that is, studies have shown that chronic inflammation can then disconnect the prefrontal cortex from the amygdala. So now you have a child that is unable to use a full brain to make a logical, rational decision. And it then leads to like a, a limbic system driven decision making skills, which then leads to, you know, irritability, you know, more violent, more anger, an us versus you mentality, poor social relationships. So yes, we as parents can actually do so much to empower our children. Yes, um, a lot of a lot of sub questions I was thinking of as you were talking there. And one thing is, you know, we know that it is it does come down to us as parents, us as adults, really, in a way, as I was reading this book about kids, I realized that, hey, I got to change my life, right? How, how are the kids going to change without someone in the adult world, whether it's the parents, whether it's the school system, whether it's the government, I don't think government's going to be the answer. No. Completely different. <laughs> um, I was actually just kind of imagining as you were talking, like, what if the government actually put on labels on food? One label would be real whole food that nourishes our bodies and brains. And then yeah, the other seriously. label would be ultra processed chemical concoctions that will hijack your brain. They're not going to do that, right? <laughs> be kind of a that. weird, I mean, that would be very effective, you know, to be like, oh, okay, it's going to hijack my brain. Maybe I shouldn't eat that, you know, yellow number five or whatever food. Um, but people don't know that. I don't think most adults know that. So how do we, how do we get, um, you know, entire families, entire communities to really, um, to really, you know, do this. I have a question for you on that. Do you have, um, I know you do a lot of communities or holistic mom and B, et cetera. Um, do you find that uh, taking a community approach where people are talking to each other, you know, moms are talking to dads and like, et cetera, and communities um, versus individually learning this stuff? Like how do people learn this stuff so they can teach their kids? So I do, uh, the, fam the community approach is really powerful, but it really starts with, just like what you said, you got to start with yourself. So as I was learning this myself, again, they don't teach us this in medical school. So I, no, <laughs> definitely not. They, I they do not teach us this in medical school. They don't teach us this in residency. And um, I mean, in, in any residency, my brother is a, you know, interventional cardiologist. My sister is a pediatric ICU physician, like, and my husband's a family physician. So I literally have every doctor, you know, in the family. We're not taught any of it in any residency. But so when we recognize that, you know, we're not taught this and you're not gonna really get it from your doctor, really searching these things out and trying to learn this yourself through all, I mean, there's so many amazing resources out there right now, but um, so first start learning yourself and try to start imp implementing it. And then start, just like, start with your family. The, our kids are, Edu you know, they're smart enough to have these educated discussions and show them the research, show them the study, show them the, you know, the science behind your reasoning and then provide them healthier alternatives. So that's what I've done in my own household. So actually I live with a family of eight and I cook for a family of 20 regularly. So that, in it, so if I can feed a family of eight on a daily basis with me and my four children, my husband, and then my in-laws. So now you have multi-generational, <laughs> You're multi-talented. You are so yes. talented. Yes. But if we can do that, <laughs> if we can start to do that and have start having these conversations and start start with your own house and be like, oh my gosh, so let's find replacements for 
like let's say pasta my kids used to love like before I started all of this obviously not everybody like ramen noodles and things like that and so now I'm like okay but look at all those ingredients in that versus now let's find out a healthier alternative instead of that pasta let's use lentil pasta instead of um you know the fake coloring stuff that they put in let's just use regular spaghetti sauce you know and, and they get <laughs> and used to it yeah they get used and they to get it, used yeah. To it. Yeah. And that's the thing you just it's all about training your gut microbiome because we know that there's a direct connection between our gut microbiome and our taste buds and our brain all that but it's all about retraining your gut microbiome your brain to like those things but i recognize that for example you know, yes, the community does help. And I've actually done cooking demonstrations in the community for like 500 people nice. where I'm doing like, a, uh, like an entire cooking demonstration. And that's where you start off with like things that people really love. And so everybody love like most people love pasta. So then what I would do is I would show them that, okay, I, let me recreate this pasta for you guys. And I would have the lentil pasta there already boiled and done so that was easier but lentil pasta and then I would create the sauce but in the sauce what I would try to do is I would add like bone broth I would add cauliflower rice I would add broccoli sprouts I would add like you can even do like a spaghetti sauce that has tons of vegetables in it and super simple but now you've got all these like key nutrients and sulfurophane right so now you've turned like yeah. a regular pasta into like a super powered pasta that any kid would love because when you cook the cauliflower rice, like frozen cauliflower rice, and when you cook broccoli sprouts, it just sort of disintegrates and it just takes on the flavor of whatever is there. So just by doing these simple things in the community and showing them and tasting that, and then I'll do the same thing like with brownies, right? So my, my kids love brownies. Most people love brownies, but I'll change it. I'll make them out of almond flour or a cake, right? So I use almond flour. I use, um, avocado oil, pasteurized eggs, you know, um, I, I saw that recipe in your book. I'm, I'm definitely going to try that one out. Oh my gosh. Almond, almond my flour bounty. <laughs> it's so good. And, and then on top of that, like the cake, so super simple things. So you just want to give people the alternatives. And once you show them in the community that, that it is possible, then they are really apt to change. And then when they have that develop that community and they're able to switch out recipes and try this and try that. And then we have multiple WhatsApp groups and then I have my social media and then we have the Facebook groups there. So all of that, yes, community is key to change that, but it really starts with you and trying to find what works for you and your family and then finding those healthy alternatives. So then you can take that into your community and then start to build change. But that's what I did um, even when I have so um, because we're in like a traditional Pakistani household, uh, the, my in-laws, you know, I'm the oldest daughter-in-law, they'll all come to my house, but I cook the same way. I, so I've cooked for 20 some people on the weekends, you know, especially before COVID, but um, I would just cook this exact same way and just finding again, those healthier alternatives to the foods that they really love. I, I love it because when you're cooking for your family, and, and everyone's eating together and connecting in community, right? Yes. Rather than having like four people or eight people and they're already eating like four or eight different meals. That doesn't really work mm -hmm. long-term, you know? No, it doesn't. It's exhausting. And I told myself and I told them, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do, but I promise to make it delicious and, and uh, nutritious. And yeah. obviously, awesome. you know, in the Indo-Pak community, there's a lot of like breads and, you know, and rice. 
basically that incorporates every one of their meals. So I had to sort of find alternatives that they would love because my father-in-law was a diabetic. He had a, he had heart disease, but now he was on 30 units of insulin just by showing him different alternatives. He is now off of his, um, almost all of his diabetes medication. That's um, so you see how simple things, so when you, yeah. and then they feel, they feel energetic and they love it. And now actually it's really cool because again, when you got to make this fun and if you focus on the stuff that you can't eat, you're going to make a negative association with food. But when you start focusing on all the things that your children, your families and your in-laws and everybody can have fun with food and still enjoy it and the color, um, it really creates a better relationship and with the food Plus on top of that, they're able to really take this on into their own lives after. Cause right now they're like, for example, right now they're in Pakistan. It's so cute. They're actually making videos. We actually started our own Facebook page here, Holistic Urdu MD. Okay. And my mother-in-law took over that literally that channel. That's awesome. So it's me and her, nice. but now they're over there making videos on how we should be eating more color. And you know, it's just so that's awesome. So great. Yeah. Right? Spreading, spreading the word. Yeah. Spreading that's awesome. The word because of the fact that now there's like a positive connotation with this food, we made it fun. We're able to find healthier alternatives anywhere you go. Um, and then same with, again, my kids started their own podcast because called the holistic kid show podcast, okay, which we would cool. be honored to have you on there. I'm yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we got to connect. But yeah. um, so okay. where they interview the biggest names in integrative holistic functional medicine, awesome. but because of the fact that there's not that negative connotation, they're like, this is fun. What are you talking about? You know, because anytime you bring in healthy food, you're like, oh, that's so boring. You know what? No, we don't want to do that. Let me celebrate today. No, but celebrations can incorporate, incorporate those healthy foods. So that's, that's really what great. We try to do Make here. it fun, get connected with the, with the celebrations. Uh, yes. As a whole Yes. Um, and then let's, let's go kind of pivot a little on um, uh, just, I just want to definitely ask you about as a holistic family doc, there, there's really two things that I see with kids nowadays. Um, well, you're a holistic family doc. I'm, I'm saying I'm, uh, I also do, you know, primary care and stuff. Um, I guess my, my question is for kids, you know, looking at kids, um, you know, we know that there's really this um, epidemic of what's called quote unquote in the conventional world, ADD, right? attention mm -hmm. deficit disorder. And, and I think in a functional sense, you know, we could, we could look at that. We could give people meds, you know, and all this stuff. We can do the neuropsych testing, which is, you know, well and good in some ways. But then at the end of the day, we know that that's a label, right? We know that there's, an, there's some deeper root cause things for what's causing ADD. Even though this podcast is not about ADD, I was just thinking about, you know, that your book and Holistic Arcs for Kids and how, you know, some of the things that people, that kids could be doing more of like, getting outside and playing ball and like getting into the sunlight, looking at nature is kind of getting usurped by being indoors and being on screens and tablets and even like cell phones and things. So I have a couple of questions for you there. A, how much time should our kids be outside? You know, what, what do you recommend there? And then, and then on the corollary of that, how much time do you recommend if there is a, a specific time for screens and, you know, things like that? Absolutely. I mean, ADHD has increased 167%. Wow. So we know we're doing something wrong. Our yeah. kids are literally bombarded with chronic stress, the lack of nature, the lack of exercise, increased stress, and inability to sleep. So that's all contributing then to that it destroys the gut microbiome, and, you know, because of all, all that stress. So yes, you know, nature is super important, super, super important, because we know studies have shown 
that just getting outside in nature and playing can actually heal our bodies and act, and actually it can lower when you're when you're not doing that when you're not getting in nature it actually leads to you know in, increases the risk of autoimmune diseases asthma food allergies we have activation of the prefrontal cortex like lower activation of the prefrontal cortex so getting in nature really does help de-stress us and boost our immune system restores our brain connections all of that but um, it even improves science has proven that it actually does improve cognition. It helps us, our children focus, it improves their attention and even get, increases energy. So even if they can just get out into nature at least 30 minutes a week, like just that's really it is you just need 30 minutes a week in nature. <laughs> To do That's, it, like let's, because let's just start. Everyone there. can do that. Everyone can. Anybody do that. can do yeah. that. Thirty minutes in nature. So I try to incorporate some sort of like hike, or just get the kids even in the backyard. You know, just getting outside. We have like trees in our yard. Just getting, just getting them there. Throwing them, throwing even if it's dark. I mean, right now there's snow here in Chicago, so even going sledding or just being around, simple things, and we try to incorporate just minimum thirty minutes a, uh, a week. That has had profound effect on their prefrontal cortex activation and improving their focus and lowering their stress. And then we know that there's tons of research again on screens, screen time, and how the blue light is really affecting our children's brains and their body. So again, trying to limit it to, you know, I mean, right now that, you know, they always tell us like the two hours of just some sort of screen time is like way too, for me, I even think that's even way too much. Probably, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so at least like, an, I mean, I just try to keep it to an hour for the kids. That's pretty good, that's a victory right that's there. If you it, can do that, right? yeah. <laughs> like, because right now I know we were taught like to, you know, two hours a day is screen time because they're already getting so much more at yeah, school. the Promethean boards or whatever, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so they're, they're, they're mm -hmm. getting so much at school. So for me, I just really just stick with that hour. You yeah, know. yeah, that's a great. Uh, also, we know that if we at least, you know, not let the perfect be the enemy of the good, like, okay, let's try for an hour, at least, you know, have a little bit of a, uh, a stricter time. Uh, so that's really Actually, great. but what I recognize that it's, it's easier to sit down with your children to make up those rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. So my kids know, they, um, so we sit down together now that they're older, they're 14, 11, eight, and six. So we sit down together and we were like, okay, you know what? This is the effects of screen time. How, what do you guys think? Like, they're like, okay, we'll do, can we do a little bit longer on the weekends? And then just maybe a little bit shorter here. And so that's what we tried to focus on. So sit down and come, come up with like a plan of action with your children, because then they're more apt to following those rules. I, I and love then how it's, because again, you just want to hide. This is all. This is this is this is the research. What do you guys mm -hmm. think? Mm -hmm. And uh, um, and again, remember when the kids have their own, when they're able to make those own choices, they actually cause more like prefrontal cortex activation. So they're able to be more logical. Otherwise, if you start to if we start to force it on them and these rules and regulations, nobody wants you know to be dictated. Even little kids, they don't want to be dictated. So that's why coming up together. So I really try to treat them, you know, they're not adults. Obviously, their brains are not built like adults, but at least try to have those conversations with yeah. them. And, that's um, so nice. and that's that amazing. Really, mm -hmm. 
And that's what I try to do again with anything. So yeah. we have our chores with our screen time, with our nature time. And again, just like what we talked about at the beginning of this conversation is again, incorporate this. If we start to just incorporate this into their daily routine. So the kids in my house, they have the daily routine of when they wake up, they know they do gratitude more immediately when they wake up. So as soon as they open their eyes, I've taught them to say, thank you, thank you, thank you for my eyes, thank you for my ears, thank you for my nose. And if they forget, it's okay, because it takes time. But I, I, when they come downstairs, we'll be singing our thankful song. And, um, and then we try, usually in the summertime, we'll run outside, get the, get the produce from whatever's in the garden, and then come and go through the meal. And we're like, oh, let's make a meal out of this together. And then I used to have a day for, you know, how, is it to get nature, have it make sure there's a time for detoxification, making sure there's time for a meditation, making sure then there's time for sports or whatever it is to keep your body moving. So all of those, just like what we do in, you know, for adults, we have our schedules. I try to do the same thing with, uh, with the children. I mean, it sounds like routines. Yeah. Routines and rituals, they, they create a sense of, of safety and, and of, of, of um, I guess, circadian rhythm, right? For absolutely. Absolutely. So they know, they do. So they know that, okay, this is the time. Okay. Nine o'clock we want to start, we were got to get to bed and then we wake up at eight o'clock, you know, or seven o'clock the next day, we got our 10 hours of sleep. They know the importance of then obviously as a parent, you need to be flexible to do the best, but I put that in their hands and then actually have them then if they, you know, if they go off a little bit, um, let them do it. Like for example, if they went to sleep a little later, then they wake up a little groggy and then I'm like, you just suffer the consequence. Yeah. Cause and effect. <laughs> so yeah. Cause and effect because they need to know. Um, or like, for example, if they ate something and they immediately felt something different, like what do you, and then have that conversation with them, let them be their own, let them grow, let them make mistakes. And then sit there, really have that conversation. I'm like, you know, you didn't feel so great. You weren't able to get up and get all of your chores done before school. Because we have a bunch of chores that need to be done, just like adults. We got to get all these things done before you get to school. If you don't wake up on time, how are you going to get your chores done? And then you suffer the consequences. But Or they don't feel so great when they wake up because they didn't get their hours of sleep. So those are the conversations that you want to start to have with your kids with all aspects of life. That's great. I'm just curious. This is a kind of a, a side question, but are they internally motivated? Are they are they getting allowances? I'm just kind of a if you don't mind. No, I don't do allowances. <laughs> nope, no allowances yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't. Me, we don't either. Yeah. No, we don't. We never grew up with allowances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My parents get spoiled, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no. Um. So we know. My kids know that. Okay. So this is sort of. It's really funny. My. <laughs> my eight-year-old said this today and that's what I started to tell them they're like let's get this over with so that we can get on with our lives right so we know these things need to be done so we like for example the dishes need to be done the the chores need to be done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they need to be done so actually the kids my 11 year old he makes all the lunches in the morning he my uh six-year-old takes out the dishes from the dishwasher from the night before and then my eight-year-old will put them all up and then they'll work together to put whatever dishes are left in the dishwasher on the days that we do the laundry, they'll do the laundry. So they have like a system where they do it themselves, but then by 8.30 or nine o'clock, all of those are done. And I can finish, like I'll put something in the, in the Instapot or whatever it needs to be, or 
That's, uh, that's awesome. It looks like they're the, working together as a team, though, which is great. So that's where we work together yeah. as a team. Yeah. So then while we're doing our gratitude, our thankfulness, we're, we're talking about our purpose for the rest of the day. And they've now accomplished so much already at like nine o'clock. And now the rest of the day is theirs. So that's what he said, Mama, let's finish this up so the rest of the day can be ours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that they are internally motivated because they see like, I mean, I was able to write five books during this pandemic. Wow. And with, with all four kids at home when it was in quarantine. So that's, that's when incredible. I wrote them all. That's great. And that's it, it, it's craziness. People are like, how do you get it done? Because we work as a team, because we have those, we sat together as a family to come up with those rules and how mama's, mama's life does not evolve, revolve around the kitchen, <laughs> nor chores, mm -hmm. right? That's great. <laughs> I got to get that to, established. So we got exactly. So then they helped me as a team to get that done and um empathize they're like you know you wouldn't want to do this yourself right why would mama want to be doing this herself <laughs> yeah well, well your book that. is amazing i just wanted to highlight how really comprehensive it is you know having gone through ifm and other trainings i'm like wow this book i'm like learning all this stuff from from your book i mean it, it's so detailed i think as deep as people want to get into biochemistry but i want to focus on the broad aspects for the listeners like the four s's in the book i think seem really important stress, sleep, social health, and spirituality, which we've touched on today in our conversation, which I'm really appreciative mm -hmm. of. I kind of love to talk about uh, stress and sleep a bit. Um, what do you recommend for meditation or some sort of grounding exercise for kids, for parents that are out there with kids, and then maybe the kids are a little hyperactive, or maybe they can't go to sleep um, for whatever reason, um, even if they're going outside, they're still like, you know, mommy or daddy, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to go to sleep, but I can't go to sleep. So I'm, I'm curious how you kind of intermingle those two aspects stress and sleep absolutely um so so it all really starts with how you start your day and and that's i know you didn't want to say that i mean i, I didn't you didn't say about spirituality but for me for us we start our day with gratitude that's huge yeah that's, that's huge, huge because if you can start to change that subconscious from instead of thinking negative all the time to thinking positive that immediately gets you off on the right side of the bed every day and therefore your children stress out a little bit less <laughs> and so we start our day with gratitude and positivity and that really starts to decrease the worries that the kids are dealing with on that day nice um and so starting off with that again incorporating that into their daily routine the gratitude every morning and then in our house obviously there's prayer um and meditation so, but finding a meditation practice that works for our kids, my kids, the breathing technique is really, really important in the, uh, there's, there's great books I written like alpha breaths, um, by a Harvard, Harvard psychologist about to talks about mindfulness and, and in kids. And, um, so the, my, they love to use their breaths, but I even in my house, we actually do, um, Again, because I was learning it, so we've incorporated it with our prayers, but it's, and it's even if it's like five minutes, that's it. Just, just getting them into that routine is important. So in the middle of their day, they will, um, I've gotten them like right before their screen time. That's what they've got to do. <laughs> so to help them de-stress. Yeah. They will, um, so that, cause then they're obviously they want to watch screen time. So therefore they're like, ah, oh, <laughs> they'll, like, yeah, they'll do Let's it. Let's just, they'll do it. They'll do it at that time. So it's, we talk about our day and then actually we'll do it together. 
after they come home from school, we'll sit down and they'll, they'll eat their food because at that time they're obviously hungry. So they'll eat, we'll talk, we'll talk about their day. And then we're like, okay, before screen time, let's go ahead and do this. Five minutes. Let's just start with five minutes. And it's, we start off with the breathing techniques. We'll do a couple of those, you know, two in, then four out, you know, uh, three in, six out, and then same with the four and the eight. Okay. And then mindfulness. What are we listening? What are we hearing? What are we seeing? What are we feeling? And again, it only has to be like a minute each, right? Even just for even younger kids for them. And then we'll go into like the mantra meditation or mantra. And um, we've all, they've all have their little word and they'll just say that. And we'll just sit for just five, five minutes. So that was like one minute, one minute, and then three minutes. Really that simple. And then just have them do that at that time and then end with gratitude. And then I'll help guide them through that. But again, I'm like, oh, we got to do this. So again, we've incorporated that into their daily routine to try to help them um, with that, to help them lower that stress. And then for sleep, again, same routine. One of them, I mean, have them develop their own routine. In my house, what we've done is we, they, they, there's a specific melody that they love to listen to. Actually, they started listening to that. I started making that routine for them when, when they were in my belly. So they would, they actually start, put, they put that on. And as soon as it, it says there, it like, for us, it's like the scripture. That's so, so smart. Yeah. That, you you, you so started it in the womb. Like, That's amazing. Yes. I started actually <laughs> scripture in the womb Yeah, um, because it's like, it's like a tone, but either anybody can do anything and then they, they can put that up. And as soon as, and my, I kid you not, my 14 year old still has to put that melody on as they're falling asleep. And same with, again, and then one of them needs an Epsom salt bath before they go to bed, you know. Um, yeah. So they true. all have their different routines. So as long as they, they, they set their routine themselves, they're able to then prioritize that. That's so great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. C, for coming on today. We really appreciate you coming on and um, definitely check out uh, Dr. Seed's book, The Holistic Rx for Kids. It's an incredible book. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I'm sure it's like everywhere. Uh, you have your own website too. Um, I think it's holisticmommd.com. Yeah, so this is the book. And then and then also just, I don't know if you have this. I got to send you these. But I have, like, a, we started a children's no, book series. Oh, yeah, I'd love to have those. Great, thank oh you. Oh my gosh, so my kids during the pandemic, so we started a children's book series, Functional yeah. Medicine Children's Book Series. That, that's Adam, amazing. Called, that's so cool. It's called Adam's, Adam's Healing Adventures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam is actually not feeling well. And then he needs to recognize that in order to feel better, he has to put the holistic prescription back into balanced rest, sleep, social. I, I like how the guts right in the middle there. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And then same with that. We this is the one that just came out the same time the book came out. So I was literally doing two book launches That's at a so time. Great. But this one's all about rainbow foods and how Adam wasn't feeling so good on sugar, but then recognizing that oh my gosh, when we start eating the rainbow foods, now the rainbows in the in the diet. So when we have like the gut and the social, the spiritual, the mental, emotional, and then the rainbow foods, we can feel amazing. So then right now I'm working on the one about gratitude. So that's the health series, the functional medicine children's book series that I'm working on. Awesome. Again, I'm super passionate about this. So anything, yeah, yeah. trying to get the kids on board with this. Exactly. I feel like those books should be required reading for both schools and homeschoolers. Yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> Yes. Are they out? Those are out yet too? Those yes, are those are all out. Okay. Um, so it's all on Amazon. Amazon, Everything's right. Everything's on right. Amazon. Yes. Okay. So thank well, thank you so you. much for 
Thank you so me. much, <laughs> Dr. Seed, and uh, I'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take a moment to leave us a review. It helps our podcast to reach more listeners. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes and conversations. And thank you so much again for being with us.